This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun. Carr's going to throw. Pumps. Looks end zone. Throws for the end zone. Wide open. James Young. I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag Raider Nation, happy Monday. It is Monday night. This is Keeping It 300, a Raiders podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm Fallon Smith. JJ is off for Christmas break. Yeah, I gave him the week off because he's been busy working at the NFL Network. So I wanted him to get some quality time with his family this week. But don't worry, you got me. Your girl is here and I got you covered. We have a lot to talk about. Um, If you do hear a lot of kids or any noise in the background, it's because we have a full house here in San Jose. I'm at my parents' house, and it's cracking, clearly, if you do hear noise. But um, I think I have a really good mic, so I think it's going to block out those noises, so hopefully it does. Anyways, to the Raiders now. Oh my goodness, after four straight losses, the Raiders finally find the win column, beating the Chargers in Carson Sunday, 24-17. Raider Nation, you made it a home game. Y'all showed out. It was about 85% silver and black in that stadium. So much respect to you guys. Uh, but my goodness, I can't believe I'm about to say this, y'all. At 7-8, and eight, the Raiders' playoff hopes are very much alive. To quote Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, there's actually a chance. I can't believe it. And that's where I'm going to start with this podcast. The Raiders' path to the playoffs all comes down to Week 17. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Definitely not me, especially after last week. Now, honestly, I have mixed feelings about this for a few reasons. So number one, if I'm keeping it all the way 300, the Raiders do not deserve to be in the playoffs, okay? They don't. Raider Nation, you know this. Not the way they've played this season, especially you know, during that four-game losing streak. They had no business losing to the Jets. They had no business losing to the Jaguars. They should have beat the Texans in Week 8. You know, those games are now haunting us right now. If you just won two of those games, we would be in a wild-card spot, okay? If you just won two of those games. If we just won one of those games, we wouldn't even need as much help as we do this upcoming Sunday. With that said, playoffs are still a possibility, y'all. They hit a five-team parlay this weekend. (laughs) I guess really crazy if you think about it. You know, and they got to hit another five-team parlay in week 17. I'll show you what I mean by this. So, you know, entering Sunday to keep their playoff hopes alive, these five things needed to happen, okay? Raiders needed to beat the Chargers. Check. 
Ravens needed to beat the Browns. Check. Jets needed to beat the Steelers. Check. Saints needed to beat the Titans. Check. Colts needed to beat the Panthers. Check. I still cannot believe all that happened. (laughs) Okay. So now for the Raiders to clinch the final wild card spot, this needs to happen in week 17. Raiders need to beat the Broncos. Texans need to beat Tennessee. Ravens need to beat the Steelers. Colts need to beat Jacksonville. And then they need to win by at least one of the following teams, okay? Just one. Patriots over Dolphins, Lions over Packers, Chargers over Chiefs, Bears over Vikings. Overall, not terrible odds, actually. You know, very possible. It could be a lot worse, but there are several, okay, several concerning matchups. Um, specifically for me, the Ravens versus the Steelers. You know, since the Ravens clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs, Harbaugh announced on Monday, today, um, he will be sitting a lot of his starters, including Lamar Action Jackson. So, of course, that's the big one. And Mark Ingram and Earl Thomas, plus a few more. Uh, So RG3 will be the starting quarterback. Now, for the Steelers, Mason Rudolph suffered a shoulder injury, so he's going to be out a few weeks. So rookie Devlin Hodges, the world champion duck caller, (laughs) y'all, he will be the starter for Pittsburgh, okay? Um, I actually really, really like this dude. But the positive thing is, it's in Baltimore, thank goodness. So the Steelers got to go on the road with the rookie quarterback, Still, I don't know about this one. It really, 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 really makes me nervous. Again, the Ravens already clinched home field. Steelers playing for the playoffs. So obviously they're going to bring all that they got. They're going to fight their butts off for Mike Tomlin. So we'll see what happens there. But this game makes me the most nervous. And then you have, Lord, the Texans over the Titans. That's going to be a tough one. A real tough one. Good news, Bill O'Brien said he isn't going to sit his starters, so that's good news for the Raiders. Still going to be a tough matchup. We know how well the Titans have been playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. I can't even believe that I'm even saying that, but it is what it is. The Titans have been playing good football right now, you know, the last couple of months. Now, they are coming off a loss to the Saints, but, you know, it was the Saints. Uh, So, this is going to be definitely a tough matchup. So, these two games, Ravens over Steelers and Texans over Titans really, really have me shaking in my boots, okay? (laughs) And then you have the Raiders that need to take care of business against the Broncos. You know, they got to take care of their own business. All that stuff can happen and they can get the help, but they got to take care of their own business. And you know the Broncos right now are playing some good football with Drew Locke under center. Plus you add the elevation in Denver at mile high. And the fact that it's going to be around 40 degrees and, you know, Carr does not play well in cold weather games. But with this being a must win, I'm hoping, you know, Carr and company shows up. We'll get to that matchup a little bit later in the show. Uh, Now, looking at the games where we need at least one of the following teams to win. Patriots over Dolphins, Lions over Packers, Chargers over Chiefs or Bears over Vikings. I think the best bet is going to be the Patriots over the Dolphins. You know, in the past, the Dolphins have given the Patriots fits. But here's a few factors. One, the Dolphins, they just suck this year. I think the Patriots actually beat them 53 to nothing (laughs) in Miami uh, early on in the season. Or 43 to nothing. Something like that. But they shut them out early on in the season. 
the other thing that the Patriots have going for them. The game is at home, okay? And so they take care of business at home. The only time they lost at home this season was against the Chiefs two weeks ago. Um, that's when the Chiefs snapped their 21 home win streak. So usually they take care of business at home. And technically, the Patriots are still fighting for a first-round bye. So I do not think that Bill Belichick is going to you know, rest his starters for this one. So sorry, Raider Nation. We got to cheer for the Pats this week, okay? <laughs> we got to cheer for the Pats this week. Gross, but who cares, right? As long as the Raiders get into the playoffs somehow. So to recap. Raiders need to beat the Broncos. Texans need to beat the Titans. Ravens need to beat the Steelers. Colts need to beat Jacksonville. And they need a win by one of the following teams. Patriots over Dolphins. Lions over Packers. Chargers over Chiefs. Bears over Vikings. Anything can happen. We shall see. Now, I want to highlight a few takeaways from Sunday's game versus the Chargers. Number one, I am so happy to hear Raiders corner Trayvon Mullen is okay. But Curtis Riley, bro, get yourself together. Accidental friendly fire is one thing. I get it. It happens. But this was just a hot mess, okay? He was nowhere near the defender and just slammed directly into Trayvon Mullen. And I feel bad for Trayvon because this is, what, the second time this season that it's happened to him? Golly. Anyways, the good news is he's going to be okay. Obviously, it could have been way worse for precautionary measures. He was carted off the field, um, but he flew home with the team. So that is great, great news. And honestly, the Raiders need Mullen right now. I mean, he's been playing some great football in recent weeks. He's been the Raiders' best corner the second half of the season. There's no arguing that. You know, he's showed off his coverage ability, his tackling ability, a bunch of pass breakups. You know, he's not giving up big plays. Uh, Another great young rookie on the Raiders roster. You know, future is definitely, definitely bright for him. Um, So I love when we talk about rookies having success, and that gives the Raiders some hope for the future, of course. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about, since we are already talking about, you know, the defense or a defensive player, let's stick with the defense and discuss the defense's performance as a whole against the Chargers. They get an A++ in my book. Okay, maybe not an A+. They'll get an A. (laughs) Now, their run defense definitely gets an A+. They held Malvin Gordon and company to just 19 rushing yards, y'all. 19 rushing yards. It's only the eighth time in Raiders history they held an opponent to under 20 yards on the ground. That's freaking crazy if you think about it. Last time was in 2014 versus Buffalo. And I think the last time they did it on the road was like something crazy, 1990, something like that. So great job, run defense. Now let's talk about the pass defense. You know, they didn't create turnovers like they did against Phillip Rivers in their first meeting, and they only had one sack, but they did enough. And the thing that impressed me the most is that they limited big plays despite a slew of injuries in the secondary. And in that game alone, what they lost, Trayvon Mullen, LaMarcus Joyner, and I think they lost somebody else, but I can't think of him right now. I don't know why. But Nevin Lawson stepped up big time. I mean, he recorded four pass breakups alone. Trayvon Mullen, he was having himself a game, you know, before he was carted off. Should have had an interception, but that's okay. Um, Eric Harris had a solid game. And even though, as I mentioned, they didn't create turnovers, but they did enough and they did it with all those injuries. So great job overall to the defense as a whole. Uh, To the offense now, 
Derek Carr and the offense. Oh, yes. Y'all need to listen to James and I when we speak. I feel like we know what we're talking about, okay? Just a little bit. I'll get more into that in just a second. But for all you DC haters out there, I'm going to drop some stats for you. First, let's just look at a stat line from Sunday. Okay, so Sunday, Carr was 26 of 30 for 291 yards, one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown. He had a 118.2 passer rating. And again... He was 26 of 30. He only had four incompletions against the league's number four pass defense. Not too shabby, DC. Not too shabby. Carr also showed off his athleticism with that three-yard touchdown run off the bootleg. I loved it. He was pumped up. Raider Nation was pumped up. At least, you know, those in attendance. I don't know about the haters on Twitter. Anyways, here's another beautiful stat. DC has a 129.6 passer rating on third down this season. A 129.6 passer rating on third down. That's the highest in the NFL on third down since Aaron Rodgers had a 133.5 passer rating in 2009 for the Packers. Yeah, not too bad, DC, not too bad. But back to why you guys need to listen to us. I went off last week about the receiving core being trash, okay? Especially without Hunter Renfro. How Derek Carr had nobody to throw to except for his tight ends and his running backs. Well, guess what, folks? Derek Carr finally got production from his wide receivers. What do you know? And pass catchers not named Darren Waller. Largely in part to why Hunter Renfro was back from injury. You know, the wideout that he trusts, the wideout that he has chemistry with. Renfro had seven catches for 107 yards, including a 56-yard touchdown. He was targeted nine times, six times on third down. Six times on third down, okay? He's hands down the Raiders' best wide receiver right now, and it's not even close. Now, the three previous games, the Raiders lost. And guess what? The three previous games, Renfro wasn't playing because of a punctured lung and a broken rib. With that said, Tyrell Williams finally showed up, finally showed some life. You know, maybe James is right about him being a solid number two option because clearly he isn't a number one wideout. But with, you know, Hunter Renfro there and taking off maybe some of that low, Tyrell Williams showed up, had 82 yards on four catches. So not a bad day for him at all. The point is, last week when I went off, It was about how easy it is for defenses to defend this offense when they know Derek Carr is only going to throw to his tight ends and his running backs because he hasn't been getting production from his freaking wide receivers. But what do you know? When his wide receivers show up, Derek Carr and the team has success. Oh, and a quick note on Renfro. I wanted to mention this. Uh, That was his first 100-yard receiving game ever. Yeah, he never had one in high school, and apparently he said the closest he got at Clemson was a 93-yard game as a freshman. Isn't that crazy? I just love that dude. And a lot of people want to call him third and Renfro. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Go ahead and continue to call him third and Renfro. I love it. Um, Anyways, with the absence of Josh Jacobs, who was held out with a shoulder injury, um, I love what DeAndre Washington did. You know, he stepped up big time. I wasn't surprised at all. He had 85 yards on 23 carries, including a rushing touchdown. And guess what? Oh, finally, finally, finally. It was a third quarter touchdown, y'all. The Raiders' first third quarter touchdown since week eight versus the Texans. Yes, they finally snapped their third quarter woes. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Um, anyways, Josh Jacobs, though, 
possibly will be back next week against the Broncos or this Sunday against the Broncos. That will be huge if true. I think that I don't think they'll hold him back this week, especially with what is on the line, you know, a possible playoff berth. But speaking of next week, up next, Raiders at Denver, the regular season finale at Mile High. Drew Locke has this team believing. I can't believe it, but I also mentioned that Drew Locke was going to be a stud, you know, when the Broncos drafted him this offseason. Anyhow, Broncos coming off a 27-17 win over the Lions. I believe they've won three of their last four with Locke under center, um, including a stunning win over the Texans a few weeks back. They did get crushed, though, by the Chiefs last week, but, you know, it was a snow game, and, well, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. <laughs> Pretty darn good. So that's really all I could say about that. I really don't know who this Broncos team is, right? Drew Locke obviously gives them a different look on offense, and they've been having success recently. But the bottom line is, Raiders, y'all can get all the help you need, but it won't mean a thing if you don't help yourself. You guys need to get this W. I'm going to give you guys some good news and some bad news, okay, regarding this game. (laughs) Bad news, guys. Carr has lost nine straight in games played below 50 degrees, all right? He has a 65.9 passer rating in cold weather games. It's supposed to be about 40 to 45 degrees at mile high on Sunday. But some good news, sort of. His only road win in a cold weather game came in 2015 in Denver, Hmm, when it was 45 degrees, which it's supposed to be around that same temperature (laughs) on Sunday. But here's the bad news. His stats for that day, 12 of 29 for 135 yards. He did throw two touchdowns. He had zero interceptions, so good news. But he had a 79 passer rating. Remember, y'all, I was there, and this was that Khalil Mack five-sack game, okay? He's basically a major reason why the Raiders won that game. Uh, I think it was, what was the score? Oh, 15 to 12. Yes, 15 to 12 was the final. Ugly, ugly game. But anyways, needless to say, um, he needs to step up. I have much more confidence, though, in Derek going into this game than I did when he was going into Arrowhead because Arrowhead is just much, much colder and just a much tougher environment all the way around. Raiders defense, guys. Y'all Got to get pressure on Drew Locke. He's a rookie quarterback. You got to rattle him. Rattle him. Get pressure on him. Make his day miserable. Also, you cannot let Philip Lindsay carve you up on the ground. Okay, hopefully your run defense from Sunday will carry over to week 17 because Lindsay is a heck of a running back and he is fun to watch. Hopefully you guys limit him, contain him, and slow him down on Sunday. That's going to be huge. Now, I'm hoping the altitude doesn't really affect the young guys because it's easy to get gas there, man. I've lived there before. You cannot get acclimated in one or two days. It takes way longer than that. It's impossible. With that said, and with all those factors, regardless of what happens with the other teams that the Raiders need help from, just win, baby. Just worry about yourself. Worry about the Raiders. That's all you can do at this point. Yeah, it would have been nice if the Raiders had control of their own destiny like they did a few weeks ago, but they don't. So, if the Raiders don't get the help they need, but they win, and they finish the season 8-8 and after only winning four games last year, I'll take it. You should take it also, Raider Nation. 
You saw the games they should have won, okay? Yeah, they could easily have been 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five. The good news is the Raiders are close, but they have some ways to go, okay? They got a lot of holes to fill on offense and on defense, and they're going to do that during the draft and during free agency, as I have said week in and week out, okay? The future is bright. The future is very bright for the Raiders. It's sad because I can't say the Oakland Raiders because this week is the last time, if they don't make the playoffs, that we will be talking about the Oakland Raiders. Oh, that makes me so sad. Either way, just win, baby. Go Raiders. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't done so already, I would really appreciate it if you go and rate us and write a review. Okay? Till next time, I'm Fallon, and I'm out. Peace.